Welcome to episode 23 of the Party Wagon Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And uh, Eric is not going to be here on the cast for the next handful of episodes. It's just going to be me flying solo. So please bear with me. I know it's not going to be as interesting with just one guy, but uh, he, he can't be here for the next few casts. So it's just going to be me. So I guess I'll just dive right into Turtles news. Uh, there's not a ton to talk about. Uh, there's... Definitely product news to talk about, new news. Uh, There's probably some I'm not thinking of or didn't notice. Uh, My bad if I forget to mention anything. But before I jump into uh, news about any upcoming Turtles products, I'd like to just kind of do a little segment of, uh, you know, Super 7 screws up again. I don't know. I'm not trying to just... Dump on Super 7. And no, they didn't really do anything new bad. But uh, I finally got Genghis Frog in the mail. Uh, the Super 7 Ultimates. Uh, it's a great figure. He looks cool. He looks great. The The wash on him looks really good. They usually don't do that kind of thing. So I'm glad to see a wash on him. Uh, but I put him up on my top shelf of Super 7 where I have all my surfer characters. I had uh, Mike the Sewer Surfer and Ray Filet. And I put him there to finish out these surfer characters. And uh, when I was putting them up there, you know, I took off the other figures and cleaned the shelf while I was doing that. And suddenly Ray Filet's weak hips just, you know, they really started acting up. And I started noticing how weak they were and he just couldn't stand straight. His legs would just slide out from underneath him. And it's he just kept falling over and taking all the figures off the shelf with him, knocking off fish sticks, knocking off Mike. Um, I was shocked nothing broke, but eventually I got him in a good pose where he wasn't sliding anymore, didn't seem to be sliding, and I got all three of the figures up there. And for days they looked fine. And then this morning I come home from work and I find that every figure that was on that shelf is down on the floor. Genghis Frog's tongue is broken off, and Ray Filet's entire leg is broken off. And it's again, it's broken off at the peg because they put these weak little pegs on, on the joints. So it never breaks where it just pops out of the socket like it does for a lot of other toy brands. You can't pop these joints out of the sockets. They just break the joint. Um, so yeah, that's like a $60 figure just broken now. That's like two $60 figures. You know, I bought a... Genghis Frog from Big Bad Toy Store, and I love Big Bad Toy Store. It's the best place to get modern toys, but they throw a lot of extra money onto each toy with fees, shipping fees, all that kind of stuff. So you end up paying a lot of money. I paid $63 for that Genghis. They basically designed that site where if you're not buying in bulk, you're getting ripped off. Um, which is part of the reason why I got my premium DNA battle totes from premium DNA is because even without all the extra fees, they were listing them for like $10 more expensive, I believe, on Big Bad Toy Store than they were on the actual premium DNA site. And I know I'll probably get them sooner on premium uh, from Big Bad Toy Store, but I don't I don't need them that soon. Like I got them already and actually they're awesome. I'll talk about those in a bit. But yeah, I didn't even have, I spent $63 on a figure and in not even a week, it's broken. Uh, I, I can super glue the tongue back on. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do about Ray Filet. That's really a bummer. I love that Ray Filet figure, but now it's just a, a broken piece of garbage in my room. Like I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. I could just glue his leg on and he'll just be stuck in one pose for the rest of his 
existence and i'm really really getting sick of having to do that with figures that happened to my super seven foot soldier that happened with my super seven leonardo uh sewer samurai leonardo like that's just happening a lot and it's basically just reaching a point now where it's like my super seven collection is more or less just a bunch of broken garbage (laughs) like it's just a bunch of scraps and pieces of broken toys they're not even actual toys they're just broken toys um, that's getting pretty annoying because those are the, the most expensive action figures that I collect. And we're going to be talking about new toys versus old toys today as the main topic, specifically like the original vintage Playmates TMNT versus NECA and Super 7. Uh, but yeah, uh, Super 7, they just, I, I, I do like their products, but they just, they never cease to annoy me. Uh, there's always some reason why anytime I get new Super 7 figures, I love them, but there's always a but, and it's a pretty big but. But also, I mean, a lot of complaints I have with Super 7, I when I recently got the premium DNA Battletoads figures, which these are awesome. These are really nice figures. I kind of realized like they they don't have a lot of the problems that the Super 7 figures have. A lot of the stuff I complain about in the Super 7 figures and honestly even some of the NECA figures is is better on these premium DNA ones. Uh like the the paint deco is so clean. I think on my Porca Pig the black around the eyes is a little sloppy, but everywhere else the the, the paint is like laser clean. Um the, the colors are very vibrant. They pop. There's a good wash and dry brush on everything that really brings out the sculpt. I think Super 7 is like sorely missing a lot on their sculpts. And uh, for the most part, the joints are really nice. They, they, they're fluent. They don't get stuck. They're uh, very easy to just pose right out of the package. The alternate parts like heads and hands just pop right off and pop back in. I've always had so much trouble with alt heads on action figures. Premium DNA had the most seamless changing of alt heads I've ever seen for action figures. It just pops off and pops on. Uh, They also put the knob on the head and the hole on the neck, which I've never seen before, but I have to say it actually worked really well. The only issue I have with them is that they have the same weak hips that Ray Filet had. They have really weak hips. And I know for the toads, it's like, you know, they're 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 buff everywhere, but you know, they have very lean, thin muscle on the on the bottom half of their body from the waist down. And then from the chest up, they're gigantic. So I know they're very top-heavy figures. And the porca pig, he does have weak joints in the legs, but they're not anywhere near as bad as the toads. But I, I still just feel like these these action figure companies need to beef up the joints and the legs and the hips more like they, they need to realize that that's the support for the entire figure. So you really need to put like stronger joints in there, tighter joints in there. Um, it, it's just NECA gets it right. I've never really had weak, weak hips on a NECA figure, but super seven and apparently premium DNA you get those problems all the time. But um, yeah, these premium DNA figures are great. And I, I kind of can't believe with how many, accessories humongous insanely well painted dry brushed accessories that you get with the toads 
they're the same price as a Super 7 Ultimate. They're about the same size, same quality of figure, if anything, a little better. And then you get like massive accessories, like accessories the size of another figure. Uh, Zitz in particular comes with this big, like, you know, bulldozer arm that is bigger than the actual figure. And uh, they're, they don't raise the price on those, uh, on him from Rash. And they're, they're, extremely well stacked with accessories but then pork a pig who doesn't come with any accessories it's like 30 something bucks they 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 down the price so much for him so it just seems like premium dna you know as as much as people complain about them this is my first time getting figures from them but as much as i hear people complain about them and i have my complaints about how the company was run in the past um I don't know. Their product seems pretty solid and their pricing seems better than Super 7. Again, I just feel like other toy companies are constantly exposing Super 7 for, you know, BSing about prices because I, I can't see how these Battletoads with the insane amount of gigantic accessories that are fully painted. And again, they have washes on them and everything. They have all kinds of deco on them. I can't see how that can be the same price as a standard Super 7 figure, but then Super 7 Scumbug is as expensive as he is. So to, to, to me, it just seems like Super 7's making up prices. Um, and I noticed, we were saying this was probably going to happen, Robotic Rocksteady, now that he's available, he costs way more than he used to. He costs about as much as Gorilla Gorilla now. He's a really expensive figure. Uh, I mean, if you hell, if you buy that on on big bad toy store alone like without other figures it's probably going to be damn near 80 dollars it's probably going to be like 78 bucks or something with shipping and everything so yeah super seven man i don't know it's really getting hard for me to stay excited about that toy line and uh you know i I like the way the genghis looks he looks really cool but it's starting to get to the point where the looks aren't enough the products are just too faulty they're too crappy you know they don't they don't even stand up they break so easily they're made out of very brittle plastic by the way they're falling on carpet i have carpet in my room it's not like like i'm taking these things and throwing them on hardwood floor as hard as i can or something like they're falling on a nice pretty plush carpet so uh they really shouldn't be breaking as easily as they are um i don't know i'm, I'm sorry super 7 I, again i have nothing against super 7 personally uh, but I'm, I'm getting pretty sick of their their crap. <laughs> to be honest, like it's getting really hard to defend them. Uh, it, it's been time and time again now. But whatever. Uh, Premium DNA. Very excited about these battle toads. I only got uh, Rash, Zitz, and Porka Pig. I wasn't getting the big figures. I never really played Battle Maniacs, so uh, I really just played the NES game as a kid. So I don't care about like the skeleton thing. It's cool, but I don't need it. And then General Vermin and General Slaughter, they're badass, but I have no real connection to those characters. I think they were in the NES, but they didn't really look like that in the NES. And I never got that far as a kid either. I got that far when I got older. Um, I just don't have room for them or the money for them also, but they're really cool. If I did, I'd probably grab them. They're badass. Uh, yeah. So I only got the first three, uh, first game figures uh 
Zitz, I I kind of wish he was that like tan brown goldish color he was on the NES. He's like this cool green, and actually he looks really nice. I really like that figure. The colors, the the the, the weird kind of yellow they use, the kind of off yellow they used for his belly and face. The way that contrasts with the, the bluish green, and then he's got that like dry brushing on his chest. It just looks really cool. The colors look really nice to next to each other, and that's probably what he looked like in the arcade game and Battle Maniacs and stuff. But I kind of wish he was the more brown color that I know him as. But I think Pimple is going to be that color because I believe, and I could be wrong. I think in the promotional material, Pimple was the brown one, and Zitz was the the cool green one. Whereas in the actual game, they flipped it on the NES. Uh, I'm trying to remember like the, the stupid cartoon pilot that they made back in the day. I believe that's what they looked like. Um, but yeah, whenever they make Pimple and whenever they make the Dark Queen, I'll definitely get them. That's that's what I'm waiting for in Wave 2. I really want Pimple and the Dark Queen. Uh, the little Vulture guy, I'll get him too if they make him. And that's really all I need. I don't need any more. But getting these gets me really excited for other premium DNA toys. Now I'm like... I kind of need those Earthworm Jim figures. Now I really want those Earthworm Jim figures. And I'm very excited for the Clay Fighter figures now. As I said on this podcast before, I loved Clay Fighter 2 as a kid. I'm so hyped they're making Bad Mr. Frosty and apparently other characters. So seeing how well these turned out, these Battletoads turned out, it gets me very, very excited for uh, the, the Clay Fighter figures because Clay Fighter characters have such wacky zany proportions sort of like uh battletoads characters i mean tiny kind of looks like a human version of a battletoad to a certain degree so i'm pretty excited to see how well those turned out like it just gets me hyped to see how good the clay fighters are going to turn out especially since they're all being based on the original sculpts from the games and i really hope we get some clay fighter 2 characters i really hope we get like nanaman or hoppy or something uh, I don't know if we will. It'll probably mostly mostly be Clay Fighter 1. That was like kind of the one people are most nostalgic for. Uh, I don't really care about 63 and a third, but I wouldn't say no to those sculpts because characters like Hungan and the Zappy Yow Yow Boys and stuff just look awesome. And they'd make really cool action figures. So uh, I'm, I'm down for anything. I really would like Clay Fighter 2. But yeah, premium DNA so far, except for the really, really weak uh, hip joints which i really don't like aside from that i have nothing but thumbs up for that company not necessarily how they ran it in the past but just as a company that makes products based on their products and their pricing thumbs up from me two thumbs up you know uh good job Hey guys, just a side note, I didn't become aware of this until after I recorded the podcast, so I figured I'd throw this in there, I couldn't put it in on video with my setup and everything, but for anyone listening with the, just the audio, it won't make a difference, and for people watching the video, you know, you just won't get any video for this quick little blurb, but on the topic of Super 7, uh, have some more potential bad news for the company. On Big Bad Toy Store recently, they've been having insane sales on Super 7 products recently. Like, most of Super 7's products have been dropped 
significantly in price. You can get some of the uh, Turtles Ultimates as low as 19 bucks, And uh, it stings a little bit because, you know, I bought all those things for $55 or $45 when they were cheaper. And now you can get them for under $20. Uh, I feel like kind of a sucker now. But it's cool. I mean, hey, you want to army build foot soldiers, this is the time to do it. Um, I'm not quite going for Ray Filet because he's higher. I think he's $27.99. So, like, with tax and all that, I'll end up with over $30. And my sweet spot right now is kind of like $20. If he drops down to $19, i will grab him. But for now, I just kind of have my Ray Filet propped up on his severed leg to make it look like he's standing. And I have him, like, not on the shelf he used to be. He's, like, down on the, the floor, like, on a floor-level shelf uh, in my room. But, yeah, I don't know. While that's really cool that everyone now can kind of even more easily collect the Super 7 line if you've fallen behind or missed stuff, uh, it kind of sucks because it kind of makes it seem like this company is really on its last leg. Um, it, it just seems like they're very desperate and they just need to move these products because they did not make the money off of them that they were expecting. And it seems like they have more products than they know what to do with them. So, uh, they're really just getting rid of these things. I mean, I think places like Big Bad Toy Store pre-ordered a bunch of these action figures when they were new, and I guess they just haven't sold them all. I guess, uh, like, people just aren't buying these figures. You know, word of mouth about all the problems and stuff and the high price point, I think people have just not been buying them. So, uh, either marking them down and doing these sales will be good for Super 7 and get more people into the line, but I think more realistically it means Super 7 ain't doing so hot, and uh, they just gotta move products any way they can. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Super 7. Um, I don't know exactly what this means for the company. I don't know if this means the end is nigh. I don't know if this has nothing to do with them because, you know, it's it's Big Bad Toy Store selling them. I'm assuming Big Bad Toy Store already bought these figures. So it might just be, you know, Big Bad Toy Store's uh, clearance, essentially, and has nothing to do with Super 7. They might not be dealing with this money because, you know, the store might have already bought these figures from them. They essentially already sold them. Or, I don't know, maybe, you know, these are going to then be shipped from uh, Super 7 to Big Bad Toy Store, and they are just marking them down because Super 7 needs whatever money they can get. I don't know. Uh, either way, I'm assuming it doesn't really signify anything good for Super 7 because if all their premium high-end products that normally go for over half a hundred dollars are being marked down to the price of a dinner at a diner. Um, I, I don't think they're doing so hot. I think they're a little desperate. And uh, as much as I, you know, dump on Super 7 sometimes on here for their flaws, I am in no way rooting against them. I do not want to see this company crumble. I want to see them get better, if anything. I want to see them improve the things I complain about and stick around and continue to make really awesome action figures because they do make really awesome action figures. Um, uh, if they died, that would be really sad. They have a lot of cool licenses 
and I've really liked what they've done with Turtles so far, so I really hope they aren't just dying, but being totally honest, I think they are, and I wouldn't be surprised if an announcement comes within a year from Super 7, or maybe two years, that either they're they're shutting down, or that they're massively downsizing their company. Which has kind of already come out because they've had to publicly cancel so many waves and so many licenses and stuff that it's been pretty obvious they haven't been doing very very well, but uh, I think this is the final confirmation. So uh, we'll just see. Again, um, unless they, they never say anything publicly and they just keep putting out figures, then I guess they're fine. But we'll see, I think, in about the next year where the future of Super 7 lies. But now we're going to leave the action figure space and we're going to move into the video game space because uh, as I've brought up on this podcast before, there's a Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 coming out. No, it's out, I believe. It it is out. Yeah, it came out. Um, I think so. Or am I wrong? (laughs) No, it's either coming out or it's out. But they've shown off the first wave of DLC characters now. And uh, even though I'm, I'm not going to play this game, uh, probably, I don't think I'm going to get it. I got the first one. I was not thrilled. I know they're supposed to be updating a lot of stuff, adding some more abilities to make it play more like actual Smash Brothers. Uh, I'll just play Smash. Like, I still like playing Smash. I don't really see any reason to play the Nickelodeon one. Uh, unless, like, they make... Unless someone makes a platform fighter that somehow surpasses everything about Smash Ultimate, I don't really see a reason to play any other one. Like, like Smash Ultimate's perfect the way it is. Uh, but I'm still interested in what's going on with this game because it, it's an interesting premise. Uh, you know, the idea of mascot platform fighters is kind of just inherently interesting just to see, like, who gets in and... And all that. I know there's rumors of like a Disney one coming out or whatever, but the new news is in the DLC pack, they added a bunch of characters for franchises that already have a ton of characters. And people are mad about that, even though those are by far the most lucrative franchises represented in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. But we're getting Rocksteady. And uh, he looks really cool. You know, he looks like Rocksteady from the, the 87 cartoon, like to a T. But there's just some problems with that. One, how do you have Rocksteady without Bebop? Now, I could be wrong about this. Maybe he has an alt costume where he's Bebop. Like half the costumes are Rocksteady and half of them are Bebop. I don't know. I think that would work. They basically do the same attacks. They use guns. They use knives. They charge you. Like they basically do the same things. So I think it could work. Uh but I don't know if they will. If they don't do that, that's going to be very weird to have Rocksteady without Bebop. That's like having like Butthead without Beavis or like Bill without Ted. Like there's just duos that you can't split up and Bebop and Rocksteady are one of those. And then also we lost Leonardo, Michelangelo, and the Shredder. So now our Ninja Turtle representation in the game is Raph, Donatello, April O'Neil, and Rocksteady. And that is... That is some weird representation. I've heard some people say Rocksteady's a weird choice, that like he's too insignificant. But if you're going 87 Turtles, Rocksteady is not a weird choice. He's one of the major characters. Uh, so I don't think that's true. 
it just seems weird to have him and not Shredder, Leo, or Michelangelo. Um, I, I think they probably are planning to bring back all the old characters at some point because that would be very weird to to do that, to like say, oh, this is the better version of the game. We improved everything. We acknowledge the old one was not very good, but then act like you should still own the old one if you want to play every character. So I think they will bring them in at some point. It's just a matter of having the time to do that. But all this really makes me want is an actual standalone modern Ninja Turtles fighting game. They already have the models for Leo, Mike, uh, Shredder, and then even from the background, they have Mondo Gecko and a Foot Soldier and Krang. Just take all of those and the new characters and the new game, put them all in a fighting game, and then, you know, just start adding essentials like Baxter Stockman, Bebop, uh, Rat King, Leatherhead, maybe the Punk Frogs, make it like each alt costume is a different Punk Frog or each Punk Frog gets two colors or something. Uh, just start adding, just, just make a Turtles fighting game because I, I don't think they really fit in with the uh, Nicktoons, especially the retro 87 Turtles, which were not a Nickelodeon cartoon at all. Um. It just doesn't work. I think the world of TMNT is too big. And if you're going into it to the point where you're going to characters like April O'Neil and Shredder and, and Rocksteady, not just the four turtles, I feel like you're, you're you're opening that that sewer lid and just letting all those characters out. And there's just too much to that franchise to, to not put a bunch of those characters in. Uh, you, you just want to see all those characters together. Once you get Rocksteady, you're like, okay, now I want to see Baxter. So uh, I don't think a lot of the Nickelodeon Nicktoon ones are like that. Like, I think, you know, they added the, the Angry Beavers. I don't think anyone's going to be like, we need more Angry Beaver characters. Like, they're good as representation for that cartoon. But Ninja Turtles, there's so many characters uh, who are all action figures we all played with as kids and stuff. So... Uh, they're, they're just very pop. It's a very popular ensemble cast. And uh, I just feel like by putting in those other characters other than the turtles, you're really just making turtles fans want more. And uh, it's annoying the people who just want Nicktoons because they're sick of turtles characters taking over the whole roster. And it's annoying the turtles fans because it's not a turtles game. So I really think they should just make a Turtles fighting game. It doesn't even have to be a platform fighter. It could just be a tournament fighter or something. But regardless, either one, just make a new Turtles fighting game. Take them out of Nick Smash or Nick Nick Brawl, whatever the hell it's called, and just put them in their own game. Because it, for such a huge ensemble cast of characters, it's ridiculous they haven't done a proper fighting game. They did like Smash Up and Tournament Fighter, but those rosters were pretty lacking. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising we haven't even gotten like a, a He-Man fighting game. Masters of the Universe, there's so many characters with so many interesting abilities in these franchises. It's kind of weird we haven't gotten them. You know, we had like multiverses where you could play as LeBron James, famous Warner Brothers character LeBron James. Um, he, 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 you're putting LeBron James in a platform fighter, but then we can't play as all these characters who are more or less designed to be in fighting games. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just 
felt like Brocksteady's addition to Nick All-Star Brawl was worth mentioning, even though no one's probably even going to play that game. <laughs> I'm sure some, I'm sure some people will. I'm probably crapping on it too hard, but uh, I guess there's still a scene for the first game. I haven't heard from it. I heard a lot of buzz when it was first coming out, and then it just kind of fizzled out and disappeared. Not as bad as Multiverses. Multiverses was like so much buzz and then nothing, and they stopped supporting the game and everything. Um, yeah, I just stick to Smash personally. This is April O'Neil, Channel 6 News, and you're watching the Party Wagon Podcast. All right, so that was one heck of a short news segment. Sorry when it's just me, I can't make it go on quite as long. This is probably going to be a significantly shorter podcast uh, than the usual ones. I know my last solo podcast was like an hour and a half. Uh, let's see if I can even reach that with this one. <laughs> this might end up only being like an hour or something, but let, let's see how far I can stretch this. So today's topic uh, is one that uh, I, I believe Eric's already made a video about this on his channel and talked about this. I've never really talked about it. It's the idea of retro action figure collecting versus new action figure collection collecting which one is better and uh i don't think there really is a clear answer and i'm not just going to go into which uh which one is better to collect because that's all a matter of preference i'm going to weigh the pros and cons of just them as action figure lines as a whole so i'm going to look at the vintage playmates uh 1988 action figure line and i'm going to look at the NECA and super seven uh modern action figure lines and i'm going to kind of look at the pros and cons of each of them see which one's better just kind of go over my experiences with them i'm not going to go too into detail about my childhood experiences with the vintage line if you want to see that go to my channel brendan's rambles at youtube uh and just I have tons and tons of videos giving detailed personal experience, memory videos and reviews of every single unique character action figure in that line. I'm not going to do that here, but I'm going to lightly touch on that because nostalgia plays a big part in all of this. So I guess without any further ado, I'll jump in and just let's take a look at the 87 toy line now we, or 88 toy line. I'm sorry. We've done this before. We've talked about this toy line a lot on here. So again, I'm not going to go into the intricacies of this toy line or anything, but I'm just going to look at basically what was good about it, what was bad about it, what I loved about it as a kid. Um, objectively, I've said this a million times, the best sculpts of the day. Like Playmates was making better sculpts than any other toy company. Uh, when when those came out, those were just they blew everyone away because action figures were all very samey before that. Or you had you know like uh, LJN was doing the wrestling and Thundercats figures that were very chunky and very kind of awkwardly shaped. Especially I feel like the more human the character was, the more awkward they looked. The more detailed ones like. Vulture Man or Slide looked really good. But then when you saw like the actual cats, like Lion-O and stuff, they looked really weird. They had kind of like these fat necks and their heads with like little knobs and stuff. And they were, they were just very weird looking. Um, they definitely weren't there yet. 
But yeah, they were fun. They were big, chunky figures. But turtle sculpts just blew all the other ones out of the water. And they just kept getting better and better with each wave. Uh, by the time we got to, you know, 1990, those sculpts were some of the best action figure sculpts for, you know, just regular retail kids action figures, not collector action figures that we ever had. I think even to date, those are some of the best sculpts we've ever had. Uh, you go into a kid's toy aisle now, and the sculpts are not that good. They're 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 good, um, but they're never as impressive as like what was what Playmates was doing in 1990. And all of Playmates stuff was pretty damn impressive. Like the Toxic Crusaders were really impressive at the time too. Uh yeah, sculpts were just beautiful. Those were just amazing sculpts, and um, you know the paint was always never as good as the sculpts because. They had a limited budget. You could see in the production pictures, uh, like in Chris Fawcett's book, Rad Plastic, that they had so much color on them. Like every little detail was painted. And obviously in the final release, they couldn't actually make them look like that because that would have cost a fortune. So you had ones like Hothead who had so much deco on him in the uh, production shot. And then in the actual action figure, he was kind of lacking. Uh, but for for what they were, they put a good deal of paint on them. Uh, I was very hard on it as a kid. I remember really hating how underpainted some of the figures were, uh, especially as they got more detailed and more of those details weren't painted, which as a kid, I didn't think about like, oh, well, that's so much more paint you have to pay for and apply onto a figure. I was just thinking like, why is there less things painted on these action figures? But the paint was pretty good. I mean, the paint for most of them is better than most modern action figures. Most modern action figures have very little paint on them. Uh, like Again, kids' action figures, not um, collector action figures. But yeah, they, they, they had a lot of paint on them. They had some interesting like d designs, uh, interesting deco also. Like I always hated how Dr. L, the back of him was all gray. Like, there's no excuse for being that ugly. But at the same time, he had that really cool wash on him that made it look like his human skin was, like, skin tone was kind of blending with, like, the elephant skin tone. And it looked really cool. Um, They did stuff like that a lot. That kind of plus them, made them look special. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, they just looked really good. Uh, physically, I don't think there's really any complaint. They, uh, they had better articulation than most toys at the time. A lot of kids' action figures had five POA. I mean, even in, like, the 2000s, I remember seeing commercials for, like, Spider-Man toys and Fantastic Four toys and stuff, and they would say, like, five points of articulated action. And it's like, wow, Turtles had a lot more than that, usually. Uh, a lot of them had waist swivels. A lot of them had, uh, you know, uh, elbow joints and wrist joints and stuff, and... They had a lot more than just the, the usual, not a lot more, but they usually had more than the five POA. And they had those very dynamic poses, which made them look more fluent than other figures. Other action figures looked very stiff at the time, especially the Kenner style. I guess today you could call it the reaction style. Uh, but that Kenner five POA style where they're just these stiff guys just standing like they're bathroom signs like they're like the guy on the bathroom sign there's these stiff figures that just stand straight up and stare straight forward and that's it um 
Turtles were so much more dynamic than that. I think He-Man kind of pushed it a little bit. They retooled, they reused the same parts so much that it, it got redundant and the poses all looked the same anyway, but they definitely looked more fluent and more dynamic than the other stuff that was on the shelves at the time. But Turtles pushed that to like a whole new level. And uh, yeah, the Turtles action figures just looked so much better than anything else that was out at the time and posed so much better than anything else that was out at the time. Also, they used those bright ass colors, those neon colors that just caught your eye, made it look like something more fun, more premium. They always did like interesting action features with a lot of characters. It's something I kind of took for granted when I go back and look at that action figure line and, and see how many of those figures had action features. I always forget how many action features they did, uh, but they did a lot of them. And uh, in each wave, I would say at least half of them had action features, probably more. And uh, they were always trying something new with the action features, whether it was throwing a, a basketball into a hoop or you know, having a skateboard you could ride on or having the character talk or having the characters spin on their shell or just even having the characters' eyes bug out when you pop something on their head. And there there was just so much variety, even stuff that wasn't really action features, even stuff like, you know, Walkabout has these totally different articulated legs and knees than anybody else to get poses that no one else can get that fit the kind of creature he is. Um there's just so much uniqueness from one figure to the next. Whereas something like Masters of the Universe, I love that toy line, and they definitely tried to get more experimental with that stuff as it went on. But action features aside, those figures are all pretty much exactly the same. Uh, they did have a lot of action features, though. I will give them that. But then you also have stuff like, you know, Thundercats by LJN, where the action feature usually just uh, consists of lifting their arm up and down or lifting both arms up and down. Uh, they weren't the most creative action features. Whereas Turtles were always trying to do something new and fresh and crazy and just off the wall, like tossing pizzas or something. So they definitely get all the praise for all of that. They were innovators. They were amazing to look at. They were very premium for the time, very well put together, well-painted, well-sculpted, well-articulated, well-presented. Their packages were all unique with unique artwork on them for, for most of the years. They were very premium. They were, for the time, they felt like we were getting collector figures, almost like these are a, a cut above the rest of the action figures. Uh, so they were, uh, uh, they broke the mold. They were better than the norm. What I loved about the figures was all the insanely unique dynamic character designs, the crazy sculpts, the crazy colors, the what weird creatures would pop up in each wave. And if I'd see them in the cartoon show and stuff, like there was definitely a big link to the cartoon and the action figures and even like the video games even when i play the video games i'd always want to see my favorite action figures show up in them and stuff so it definitely did a good job that twilight of, of building this cast of characters and really making you want to see more and more characters and more and more of those characters that was like a real strength of that toy line and uh 
Yeah, it's honestly really what kind of made it last as long as it did. Not only was it the premium quality of the toy line definitely made it last a long time, but also just like the the frenzy around the franchise at that time that it so well advertised the cartoon and other products and the, the cartoon and other products so well advertised the toy line. So a lot of people always say that the 87 cartoon is just a toy commercial, which if you go back and watch it, it's definitely not. There's more, way more episodes that do not promote toys and just have random gangsters and stuff in them than there are ones that promote toys. Uh, not saying that there weren't ones. There were definitely episodes with little toy commercials, you know, snuck in there. But uh, it was not the sole purpose of every episode. Uh, most of the episodes were just fun cartoon episodes. Uh, but something people don't acknowledge is how much the action figure line was a commercial also. Cause that it, it's sort of like, you know, to use a, a different franchise, it's sort of like Pokemon, you know, you play the video game, you, you like all the new monsters. Then you watch the anime to see those new monsters appear. They get ratings, they get, you know, views. Then when you get really into all these, these, uh, you know, new Pokemon, then you want the cards of them. You want to go collect the, the card game. Then you want little action figures of them, whether those be the old Tomy ones or the more modern, I guess Jack's Pacific makes the new ones. Um, I actually don't know. Maybe Bandai. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're going to buy all this stuff. You're going to buy plushes. You're going to buy all this Pokemon stuff. Uh, e each gen is like that. I mean, they, they release each game like, like two or three times. <laughs> Just to make you, you know, the most people are just going to buy every version of it and trade within them. They're not going to trade with friends. So, like, it, it is just a giant cycle. Like, it's just a big wheel of advertising. And uh, that's basically what Pokemon does. Every product advertises the other products. Even if it doesn't come right out and say in the game, hey, go collect the Pokemon card game. It doesn't tell you that. But just by existing and making these characters interesting and something you want to see more of that already is making you want to buy things like the card game and the action figures and stuff, because you know, you just created something that people want to see more of. And uh, they, they know how to present it that way. They, they make collecting every Pokemon feel very special. They make it seem like that's like a mission you need to want to do. Uh, I remember even back in the day, like their, their slogan was got to catch them all. The whole show was like, I gotta, I gotta be the very best. I gotta, you know, catch them all. That's my goal or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, they, they were always pushing that idea of like, you need everything Pokemon. You need every Pokemon in everything Pokemon. And that's pretty much what Ninja Turtles was like back in the day. It's like, oh, you love the cartoon show? Well, you can own toys of all these characters. Oh, you love the toys? Well, you can see them in the newest video game. Oh, guess what? There's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in theaters now. Go see that. Um, and, and they all just, you know, advertised each other. And then there was movie figures and, like, just all these tie-ins. And every asset of the fandom was, like, promoting the, or not the fandom every asset of the ip was promoting the other assets and uh they didn't even have to mention it like you know they don't have to say in the cartoon show you know Raphael doesn't turn to the camera and wink and say teenage mutant ninja turtles now in theaters by new line cinema or anything like 
they didn't have to do that. They just know if you like this cartoon and you like these toys, you're going to go see this movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the advertising of just straight up showing a toy and saying this is a new toy is as common in the cartoon as people think. But it, the advertising across the whole franchise was just very big. And that's something that Action Figure Line was very, very good at. If I got a new wave of those action figures, I was extra into Turtles. I wanted to see new episodes. I wanted to see like a movie come out. I wanted to see a new video game come out and stuff with all those characters. And often they did that. I mean, after the the wave four came out with ground chuck and dirtbag and stuff they released uh like a year later or something the manhattan project with <laughs> ground chuck and dirtbag and them in it and stuff so they were definitely aware of that and uh they were using that to their advantage and that was probably i know people say like you were a sucker that they were just using you but honestly that's some of my happiest memories with the franchise is how well the, the toy line promoted the rest of the franchise. Now for the bad things, it's hard for me to say, because obviously I have nostalgia goggles. I grew up with this toy line. I love it to death. I'm not going to see as many flaws as some other people might see. I don't really see many. Uh, I guess you could say the unpainted accessories is a flaw. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but even then the, the sculpts on the accessories were crazy. And every now and then you randomly got a painted one. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the, the biggest flaw you could say is like where the, the line fell apart. And we've, we've discussed this before, but there comes a point where all they're making is turtle variants. The turtles dressed up as this and dressed up as that. And it just got to be overwhelming and uh, we weren't getting as many unique characters. We weren't getting as much stuff that was new and exciting and like pumped a new life into the franchise. Like even when we were getting other characters that had been in the cartoon for a while, like Kala and Dask and stuff, it just, they weren't characters that were getting people excited. Uh, th there came a point where the, the toy line really lost its direction. And you can even see that in a lot of the unreleased action figures. There was stuff like that Wear Tiger, Wear Cat, April O'Neil, which I don't even know what that was supposed to be. Uh, it was like kind of based on the Wolfman. I think it was more based on Cat People, which is a movie by RKO. It wasn't even part of the Universal Monster Cycle, so I don't know why they were considering that part of the Universal Monsters uh, wave. Uh, but they were just making all this weird stuff, these like weird variants of like main characters from turtles. And I, I really think the, the franchise was just losing its way. And uh, a lot of us were falling out of it. Uh, I didn't care about the turtles as trolls or the, the turtles as star Trek characters as a kid. Um, yeah, I think that's really the biggest flaws that they got too big for their britches, but they ran out of steam. They ran out of ideas. They definitely were, just in a state where they didn't know what to do with it anymore. Uh, for whatever reason, I've, I've covered this before too, the, the, the cartoon stopped promoting the, the new characters for the action figure line. So we weren't seeing like scale tail show up. We weren't seeing King Lionheart or Monty Moose or Dr. L or, you know, half court sandstorm hotspot scratch. None of those characters showed up in the cartoon. So 
it really just reached a point where I think they were like, well, why are we making up these new characters if they're never going to be promoted elsewhere in the franchise and all? So it just reached a point where I think that whole thing I was talking about, the whole cycle of advertising was falling apart. Movie three was not well promoting the franchise. The action figure line was not well promoting the franchise. And the cartoon was even like not sure what it wanted to do with itself anymore. So I really think that, that's the biggest flaw with ter- uh, the vintage toy line is it, it got too big and they didn't know what to do with it. Um, but again, that, that happens to everything. So it's not that big a flaw, but it's the biggest flaw I can think of. Again, I have a bias because I love this toy line. It was my favorite thing as a kid, but that's the biggest flaw I can think of. But now let's compare it to the modern ones, NECA and Super 7. So... The first thing I talked about for the vintage line was the sculpts and how good they were. And NECA and Super 7 have some very good sculpts. I think the tune line for NECA, the sculpts are they're, they're, they're serviceable. They're good. They look like the characters, but they're not going to impress anybody. They're not like the vintage toy line where you look at all that crazy detail and insane character design that blows your mind. They're very simple. They're very plain figures. Not in a bad way. It's hard to call something plain and make it sound not bad. But they're they're not the most like eye-catching figures, I guess. They're very simple. They're very smooth. Very void of detail. Uh, but when NECA wants to, they can do very well with detail. If you look at their movie figures, their movie figures have insanely good detail. Insanely good tech, uh, deco. They have like a gritty wash on everything to make it look really textured. And uh, it just looks really good. Uh, Super 7, like I've mentioned earlier in this video, uh, they they have really good sculpts. I mean, you have the four horsemen sculpting it. But the paint is always kind of lacking. Uh, They usually don't use a lot of dry brush. They don't usually put a wash on anything. They don't really bring out... The, the sculpts that much uh i feel like that's something that's lacking is a lot of the sculpts would look a lot better if they just hit it with a wash or something um a great example is leatherhead he has all this texture on his jacket and on his scales and everything but his jacket is just like macaroni and cheese colored flat yellow and his his skin is just flat green and I really feel like not only should he have a wash to bring all those scales out, all of the, the texture of the scales, but I really feel like some of those scales should have different colors the way an alligator does. Um, because I get the vintage figure didn't have that, but these are supposed to be plus versions of the vintage figures. And there was a lot of plussing to be done for that leatherhead figure. Um, and uh, the, re- the only reason they made like the, so many characters just flat colors in the vintage line is because they were limited. Um you know, they only had so big a budget if they're selling this toy for three or four dollars. Whereas when you're selling this thing for 60 bucks, you should be able to put a lot more effort into that. And I think the paint is really lacking when you know, when you get a universal monster or movie turtle from NECA and they're like, you know, what, 35 to 40 dollars and they have insanely good paint and deco and, and texture and everything. And then you get a Super 7 figure that's $20 more, and it has crappier paint, flatter colors, less deco. It, it's, it's a little disappointing. It makes you wonder where the hell the money went. And uh, 
I never felt that way. I never feel that way about the vintage line now. You know, back in the day, I thought they were skimping on things like Dr. L and all. But looking back at it now and thinking about how cheap those figures were and how much came in a package with each figure, it's really impressive they were able to do the, the colors that they did, the paint jobs that they did. So I would say, honestly, it's kind of hard to say because it's like, I think NECA does more with their paint than the vintage line did mostly because they can, because you know, they're more expensive, bigger figures, but super seven is so far in the other direction that it kind of balances it out and probably puts the, the, the playmates line a little above uh, the, the modern ones. If you're going to do it a three-way battle, super seven loses for sure. Um, and if you compare like for a, a kid line and a collector line, what they're able to do, I'd say NECA and Playmates Vintage probably meet somewhere in the middle. There's probably a happy medium. Uh, but Super 7 just fails. And uh, articulation. So the modern figures, NECA has pretty good articulation. They reuse a lot of parts, uh, especially in their earlier figures. Some of the joints can get very stuck. Uh, I've had some problems with stuck, stuck joints on a lot of figures before, especially, again, the earlier ones. Uh, but generally, the articulation is pretty good. Uh, like I said, premium DNA swapping parts is very easy. For NECA, swapping heads has always been a pain in the ass for me. They're always really hard to get back on. Uh, a lot. Of, I think my Vernon, his head still isn't on properly. On uh, my rat vernon i believe rat vernon his head his neck is still kind of floating in there it's not fully on the ball um it's just really hard to connect them sometimes uh and yeah getting getting tails on oh my god if a character has a tail which for some reason usually has spikes on it that is going to rip your hand up trying to get that thing on but yeah, in general, the articulation is pretty good. It scrapes the paint a lot on a lot of the NECA figures, which is a shame. They really clump on the paint uh, with NECA. They really pile it on, again, especially with the tune line. But the articulation is pretty good. You can get some great poses out of NECA figures. Super 7, on the other hand, <laughs> Super 7's posing is extremely limited. And the best way to show this is with the, well, not show, I'm not going to show you my toys, but the best way to describe this is with the foot soldiers. So the NECA foot soldier, one of them I was able to get in this insane sprawled out squatting pose where one leg is shooting almost entirely horizontally to the side of him. The other one's bent real tight. Then one hand is sticking straight down, rested on the ground, and the other hand's up holding a weapon. I tried to get a similar pose out of that with the Super 7 uh, foot soldier, and you can't even get close. He more or less just has bent knees. Uh, and they're not even like 90-degree bends. Uh, Super 7 figures have really limited articulation. Of course, it's different for each figure, but... In general, it's really hard to get good poses out of them. I think the Turtles actually are some of the most easily posable characters in the line. You have characters like Leatherhead, and it's like you really can't even do much with that figure. Like he's gonna always basically be in the same pose. You can like move his arms around and like turn his head. That's about it. So yeah, Super Seven definitely 
again, for how much you're paying, you're paying like 60 bucks a figure now because, you know, with shipping and everything, it basically comes to 60 bucks. That's just, that's not worth it, in my opinion. I, like, I, I just see the vintage Playmates figures had, you know, almost as much articulation sometimes. And uh, they, they were $4. So I, I think like Antrax, like you think he has uh, his neck articulation. He has his mandibles on his face. His antennae, he had four arms. I believe at least one of them has wrist articulation. He has articulated legs. His uh, what what is that? Is uh, his thorax, whatever, like the, the the bug butt in the back, like the ant butt. That's articulated. Like that guy has a lot of articulation on him, and uh, he he was like what four or five dollars, depending on where you got him. Whereas now you're spending, you know, 60 plus dollars on a figure. They don't have that much more articulation. I will say, though, I was surprised that Genghis had a chest cut and he had like chest articulation because they haven't done those uh, in tur the Turtles line yet, I believe. There could be one or two that have them that I'm not thinking of. But in general, the torso is usually a solid piece. Uh, it doesn't look so bad on him because it's covered by his jacket and everything. Sometimes I think those cuts can look really bad. Again, on the, the battle toads, they look really good. They're like naturally sculpted in with the musculature. So it, you don't even notice it's a cut really. And they actually have a lot of range on the battle toads ones too. But uh, for the super seven ones, I don't know if they would look good because they're such detailed sculpts and uh, you know, they're based on the playmates figures that didn't have chest cuts. So they weren't designed to look good with chest cuts. So they might not look right on all figures if they're going that direction. Now I still don't have space raft or uh, the uh, robotic rock steady. I'll be getting those at some point, probably not soon because uh, I'll probably just wait for them to go on sale on, big bad toy store right now I, I just bought mario wonder and i'm gonna be buying the mario rpg remake so it's like i'm gonna be spending a lot of money on video games on mario games this month so i, I can't be spending as much on action figures but at some point i'll get those uh i don't i don't think they'd have chest cuts at least not the the raf is the space cadet um but yeah articulation on super seven to put it lightly it stinks. It's pretty bad. <laughs> you can get some good poses. I feel like Mondo Gecko, his, his limbs are a little well posed. The skinnier figures are, are a little easier to pose. Well, with the exception of the, the foot soldier. But NECA definitely has the much, much more dynamic posing, the much better articulation of the two companies. So again, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like the the Playmates one is so good for its time. NECA is pretty good for its time, and Super 7 is terrible for its time, so they, it kind of ends up where the Playmates one is better. Um, pricing, I don't even need to go into detail. NECA has pretty good pricing for most of their figures. Some of them are a little ridiculous. Some of them do not feel worth the, the price. But so then some of them are very good. Like Again, those Universal Monster Turtles and stuff are like 35 bucks. That's a great deal. Um, Super 7, terrible pricing. Uh, I almost never feel like I'm getting what I paid for. Uh, even though I love the way a lot of those figures look, I, I just don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. 
Uh, and also, by the way, I was talking about earlier how my right filet fell off the shelf and it broke his leg and stuff and how it's happened to so many Super 7 figures. My NECA figures go just as high as the Super 7 ones. They've fallen a bunch of times, like all the NECA tune and movie figures, and that almost never happens for them. Uh, off the shelf, like onto the carpet, there's been times where they've broken in, in other ways, but I, I don't think any of them who have ever fallen off the shelf onto the carpet have ever broken honestly they're definitely not that bad where like a whole joint just breaks off like a whole limb just breaks off uh that happens for super seven very easily that doesn't really happen for NECA I know I've always said that NECA has like brittle or plastic uh I think I'm starting to agree with a commenter we got once who said we were we were dead wrong about that I think you're right I think super seven has more brittle plastic uh it feels less dry and brittle than NECA's to the touch but it, it's weaker, definitely, because they, they break. Maybe it's just because the, the, the limbs and stuff are heavier on Super 7 figures. It's putting more weight on that little joint when it hits the ground and it breaks it. But the NECA figures do not break as easily as the Super 7 ones do. Super 7 figures break if you just look at them the wrong way, especially uh, Wave 5, the one with Ray Filet, Leatherhead, Krang, and... Uh, Leo the Sewer Samurai, that set, that wave was just like made out of like styrofoam. I don't know. That was the weakest wave of Super 7 by far. I've had a, tr a problem with almost every figure in that wave. I think Leatherhead is actually the only one I haven't had anything break on him yet because Sewer Samurai Leo, his wrist, his uh, elbow broke. Uh, uh, Krang, his little tripod body, uh, seat for the other body or the other Krang, I should say, uh, broke. And now Ray Flay lost a leg. Leatherhead has really weak legs, like really weak hips. Like he sinks down a lot when you stand him up because he's too top heavy. Uh, so he might fall off and break at some point. I mean, if he falls off, that fishing rod is snapping in half. I can, I can already see that happening. Uh, but so far, fingers crossed, nothing's happened to my leather head. Everything else from that wave has broken in some way. So, you know, with each wave is like almost $200. When you're spending, actually, I think that wave was over $200. When you're spending over $200 on four action figures and three of them break, like, and you're not playing with them, right? You just put them on a shelf and they break. That is very disappointing, and that makes you not want to collect the, the line anymore, really. Um, the vintage ones, like the, you had to try to break them. Uh, I remember there was a point where I was an idiot in like when I was like, what, like 20 or something, and uh, I was like recollecting the line, and I remember getting Splinter. My brother and I were like chucking him around at the hardwood floor trying to break him because like, we thought it would be funny because – we lost the robe, so we said he was useless. We'd just get a new one with the robe. So we started smashing it. I, I was a really, really, really fun 20-year-old, I guess. <laughs> and um, we beat the crap out of that splinter, and he would not break. Like, the paint wasn't even chipping off of this guy. Uh, Super 7, you look at him the wrong way, and they just fall off a shelf and blow up. So... I, I take such good care of my action figures now and they break all the time. Whereas, you know, when I was, 
uh, uh, you know, I, these figures from when I was a kid, like I'd beat the crap out of my toys as a kid and they would not break. Usually it was very rare that a toy would break. I'd have to like manually take a leg off and throw it somewhere and then never find it or something like that. That would have to happen in order for me to break quote unquote, break an action figure. The only one I can think of that genuinely broke when I was a kid was Usagi. I broke his ears off on a, of the first one we had, but it was like uh, intentional. Like I was like five or no, I wasn't even, I was like three, I think. And I, uh, we were all, all of us kids were going to bed at night and I broke his ears off. He started laughing and said he was a chipmunk or something. Uh, it was like, oh, I'm bald Usagi. Th- that was like intentional. And even then when I got older, I felt that I'm like, I don't even know how I ever did this. These are so pliable. I guess I was stronger as a three-year-old than I was as like a 20-year-old or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, the, the the price you're paying for these new figures is just too much. And even then, you know, I, I am blowing a lot of rainbows up NECA's butt. But, you know, I've had a lot of QC issues with NECA. And I've had a lot of figures break. A lot of accessories have broken. A lot of their accessories are very weak and brittle. Uh, Leo's swords have broken, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, April's, uh, microphone broke and everything. Like a lot of their accessories break. My rock soldier, his like knuckle broke off cause he fell over on a desk once. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of problems with, uh, NECA figures, but again, that being said, like my Rat King from NECA is on pretty high shelf. He falls off all the time. He's never broken even a chip of himself off. Uh, but in general, I would say with how much they break and how faulty they are and how much you're paying for them, the price of, you can't beat the price of the vintage. Now, if we're talking modern collecting, we'll get into that in a bit because you know what you're paying for the vintage figures now is quite a bit. So we'll get into that in a bit right now. I'll just keep talking about the basic pros and cons. I guess the last one we'll talk about is what we talked about with the vintage line is how well do these promote the franchise? And uh, I don't think they really do. If I'm going to be honest, because you know, the, the NECA ones are being made for fans of the movies from ni- the 1990s or fans of the 87 cartoon show. Super 7s are being made for fans of the vintage toy line. And they're, they're really just catering to that fan base and that's it. They're not really, you know, promoting Mutant Mayhem or uh, Rise of the TMNT or any of the other stuff that's been out while these action figure lines have been running. Uh, so they're really not cross-promoting the franchise much. I would say there's some cross-promotion with like NECA's to- uh, Tune Line and like Shredder's Revenge and, you know, even like Nick All-Star Brawl with some of the vintage stuff in there. I, I Like I said, if you see the render of Mondo Gecko from the first Nick All-Star Brawl, you can clearly tell that they copied the, uh, the fi- Tune figure of Mondo Gecko because they didn't realize that they put like the dark green on the back of his arms and legs, which is just how NECA does like cell shading for uh, the tune figures. And that's not actually a detail that's on Mondo Gecko. So they clearly just looked at the NECA toy and sculpted what they saw in three, like in a, you know, like blender or whatever. 
But yeah, they really don't do any job of promoting the franchise. They're really just in this like nostalgia bubble. And, uh, you know, they do what they have to do. But I don't know how good they are for the Turtles brand. You know, me and Eric say a lot that we think Turtles is like bigger than it's been since the 90s now. Um, and that's that might be true. Uh, but I, I do think the problem is that you have all, you do have all these different versions of the Turtles. And we were saying before that, like, we we think that different versions can help promote the, the you promote the franchise and make it bigger. Like back in the day, we had so many different versions. But I do think the problem is, is there is literally no synergy between them. Like back in the day, sure, the action figure version or the Archie version or the cartoon version of characters were all greatly different from each other. But we were seeing those same characters and they were recognizable as the same characters and for the most part. And, uh, you know, they were kind of coming out around the same time, same characters being seen in the same places, you know, as a character is big in the going to show up in the cartoon show. You can find them on toy shelves at KB and Toys R Us, uh, which apparently Toys R Us is going to start coming back in the U.S. I know in Canada they never went away, but uh, I hear we're going to get like 24 new locations, which that is awesome. I can't wait to be able to walk into like a real Toys R Us again. And I know we've had like the part in Macy's that's Toys R Us. And I know the American Dream Mall in New Jersey has like a little Toys R Us and it's like a legit Toys R Us, but a big Toys R Us warehouse, like a real deal Toys R Us. I can't wait to walk around one again. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they really, the new ones really don't get that. They really don't promote what's happening. Like whatever's coming out in the new Super 7 wave, which I mean, they can't even plan because those come out at such random times. But whatever ca four characters come out, they don't promote like, you know, what character is showing up in a video game now or something, or who's showing up in the IDW 87 comic line or something. Uh, it, it, it's just random Turtles nostalgia at random times. Nostalgia for different things. Nostalgia for the toy lines. Nostalgia for the movies. Nostalgia for the Mirage comics. Nostalgia for the 87 cartoon. It's just all over the place. It's just randomly thrown out nostalgia for whoever wants it. And uh, nothing is really keeping the turtles brand as like a solid brand, I think these days. And I, uh, you know, it's not NECA or super seven's job. That's not what they set out to do. That's not something they should even worry about. It's not their franchise, uh, but it is kind of a shame. You, you would think that Viacom would want most assets of the, the franchise to be, serving some sort of purpose to promote something again even if it's just the idw comics or a video game or even if it's like you know when they're they're airing the 87 cartoon show on nickelodeon now so it's like maybe when they get to the season that has you know wingnut and screw loose and mondo gecko they're gonna want action figures of those guys coming out to like kind of promote it almost like redoing the the, the 90s all over again um, but they really don't. There's really no synergy with the rest of the brand with these action figure lines. Uh, there was some cross, uh, you know, synergy unintentionally early on. Like they were both doing Muckman and Mondo around similar times and stuff, but that's really just accidental. Um, 
But yeah, I think definitely the the, the Playmates line wins there because that's what it was designed for. So uh, no competition for that. But now we're going to talk about modern collecting of both lines because you can't go back to 1989. You can't go buy those vintage figures when they were $3, $4. You, if you want those figures now, you're going to pay a pretty penny. If you want Antrax now, especially you want them with all his accessories and not having his antenna broken off, you are going to be paying a lot of freaking money. So in that sense, for someone who has no nostalgia or just very light nostalgia for the vintage line, but thinks it's a cool line and wants to collect it. I would honestly say it's not worth it. Um, as much as I love that toy line, I'd have to say, I don't think it's worth it because the, these figures just cost so much. Now each one is kind of an investment when you get to a certain point in, in the, 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 the line. And even the, the cheaper ones, you know, the ones that used to be like 10 bucks are now like 40 bucks, 30 bucks or something. The cheapest they go is really like $30. Um, that's expensive. I mean, with how many figures there are, especially if you're getting all the turtle alts and stuff, like that is an expensive toy line. That is a deep, vast toy line. There is a lot of stuff. If you're getting accessor, uh, accessory sets and uh, vehicles and play sets and all the weird variants like the the mini play sets the little that uh what was that called uh mighty max little mighty max poly pocket kind of things or the turtles that transform into fire trucks and crap if you're getting all of that that is one hell of an expensive friend uh toy line that's actually way more money than than collecting the entire super seven line um, I mean, by the time you, you, you collect the whole super seven line and have on the display, about half of them will be broken. You'll have to rebuy them anyway. But, uh, even then it's probably cheaper. Even like buying the super seven line twice is probably cheaper than getting half of the vintage line. And if you're looking at it through modern eyes, so someone buying the vintage line today, unless you're buying the re-releases that they're putting in Walmarts and targets, that are like 10 bucks, which is a great deal, by the way. Uh, crappier paint and everything than the old ones, definitely like less paint, like, you know, Bebop's shoes are all black, like his pants and the new one and stuff. It looks like crap, but you know, it, it is the vintage figures. If kids just want to play with those, you can get them at Target and Walmart and, you know, have fun with them. They're great toys. But if you're a collector and you want to collect the vintage line, you're not getting collector figures. You're getting vintage figures. And most people who want to collect them probably know that already, but you might be a little disappointed with what you get because you can't really pose them. They're really already in their own poses. Um, they're small. They're very tiny figures. Not a ton of articulation. Again, great articulation for the day, the time they came out. But by modern standards, no. You're not going to be able to do a crazy display with them. They're going to be pretty static. Um, yeah, so I, I think for that, I think some modern collectors might be disappointed when they shell out like $100, $200 for an action figure from the vintage line and it's just a static little four-inch tall thing that's half painted. <laughs> that's probably going to piss them off. That's probably going to, at some point, they're going to feel like, why am I even doing this? Why am I even collecting this line? I never feel that way because I have so much nostalgia for that line. So... 
if I want to save up and shell out some money for like, you know, gatekeeper rock steady at some point or something, I don't feel like I'm wasting my money. Uh, especially since, you know, I'm going to pay credit into a, a payment plan. Um, but I can see how modern collectors who don't have as big affinity for the brand as I do getting into it would feel kind of like ripped off by how much money they're spending and how little they're actually getting, unless, you know, they're a vintage collector and they're used to that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't really recommend getting too deep into collecting the vintage line. And it's really cool when you see someone who has almost an entire complete or a fully complete vintage line. But I, I do think that's something people shouldn't aspire to because I mean, it's, it's too vast. It's too deep. There's too much stuff in that line and it's so expensive and being honest, a lot of it is unnecessary. There's so many stupid things. Like everyone obsesses over all the white jersey slam dunk and Don. It's like, who cares? You can get the regular slam dunk and Don for like probably like 30 bucks. Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked how much he is now, but you know, like I didn't, I didn't know about the white jersey one as a kid. I didn't care. And honestly, if you want to get it just because it's rare, and you want to show off that you have a rare thing and you don't even think it's that cool. I don't think it's worth the money. Um, unless you just really, really think that basketball Don looks so freaking cool in a white Jersey rather than a red one. If, if, if you really think that's the coolest looking thing you've ever seen in your life, go ahead, get it. But even then you could just get the super seven one when that comes out and uh, it'll break in a week, but you know, it, it'll It'll be Don in that white jersey. If you think that's that cool looking, you can have that and it'll be on your shelf and actually be bigger and easier to see. So, yeah, I think when it comes to collecting a, a modern line, I think it makes more sense than collecting the vintage line. And I know it sounds ridiculous coming from me because I'm primarily a vintage collector. These days I do a lot more modern collecting, but my vintage collection is much more beloved than my modern collection. Like I don't care as much about my modern collection as I do my vintage collection. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't think it's really worth getting that deep into the vintage collection. I, I, I would say set a goal. Say, like, I want to collect, you know, all the unique characters. Like, I've had people come to me with my Turtle Talk videos where, I you know, I do each wave of unique characters and I talk about them. And uh, for some people, I know that's become kind of an established setup. Like, some people talk about, like, oh, wave one, wave two, wave three. I just really made that up. Like there's some like bleeding into each other. Like some of those don't properly count as a wave, but that's kind of how I always just classed them. Um, but yeah, but I have seen some people, some people who like my videos have kind of been talking about them in those waves and that's, it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I'll get some comments from people on those videos and say like, Oh, you know, I've been trying to collect, all the unique characters, basically all the characters that are in those six videos that I did. I did the Leo alt, but I'm just talking about the six unique characters. And they'll say like, yeah, I wanted to get everybody from these waves, or I wanted to get everyone, every unique character figure from the first three or four waves or something. A lot of people don't go past wave four. But yeah, set, set a realistic goal for yourself and uh, just decide to collect that. 
And if you really like those and you really want more, then you can start adding more on. Then you can be like, you know what? Let me get some of the unique characters from the Toon line. Let me get the unique characters from the movie three line or something. Let me get the, uh, you know, turtle alts from the first three years or some, some, some goal like that. And if you still are having fun, you're liking collecting all that stuff, then by all means, keep doing it. But I, I really don't think people should be jumping into, I need to get a complete 1988 toy line because that's just insane like that's way too big a line and you know as someone who freaking loves that toy line i have to say it's, it's not worth it um yeah just it's only worth it for the diehard collectors the and I, when i say diehard i don't mean someone who's mildly you know serious about it. i mean like die hard like you are obsessed with getting that whole toy line but then super seven again that's a very easy toy line to collect it's Honestly, cheaper now than it is at launch because nobody wants those figures, so they, they get marked down a lot. So if you just want a really nice-looking Turtles collection, the Super 7 line is honestly not too bad to go with. Like, you, for, you know, it, it, they're not cheap figures, but for not too much, you could probably get the whole toy line. And if you, you do it gradually over time, you know, it, it's not that bad. And... There's not that much. There's some chase figures. You know, there's the neon glow-in-the-dark ones. There's going to be, like, flocked splinter and stuff. But in, in general, it's not a big toy line. NECA is very big, and some of them are really hard to find and very expensive on the aftermarket. But I do feel like, in general, that line has been getting better and better and easier and easier to collect. Uh, there's still those earlier figures that are tough. But even then, a lot of those ones like Casey Jones and uh, uh, Rat King and Vernon, they got like later re-releases. So uh, it's not that hard a toy line to, to, to collect for. Even like the Turtles themselves have been re-released so many times. It's still hard. It's much harder than Super 7 to get that full set. But I think even if you don't want the full set, just to get a decent collection going... It's not that tough. So I would say, in all honesty, again, even though I, I like the vintage figures better, I think they have more long-term value. Uh, I would say, and I think they're better for their time when they came out, but I would say as far as modern collecting goes, it's probably better to stick with collecting modern figures than it is the vintage ones because vintage toy collecting, I think, is for any brand, really, should be reserved for the diehards, the people who just really have a strong emotional connection to those products and just want all of them. I mean, I have an insanely strong emotional uh, connection to the vintage toy line, which is behind me right now. Um, you know, I've, I've made so many videos about it. I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I love the 88 toy line. Uh, but even I, I have no desire to own the whole thing. There's so many figures in that line I don't care about. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, when I say diehard, I mean, like, serious diehard. So, yeah, I would say, honestly, as much as I've bitched about them and as much as I've given them the lowest ranking of any of these toy lines, I would say the most sensible one to collect is probably Super 7. Because they're just, they're easy to collect. Don't put them on high shelves. Don't put them in dynamic poses. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, 
they're that's a pretty affordable toy line and they will look cool again they're not affordable if you buy them new but if you get them used on big bad toy store especially when they start uh going on sale or if you just go get uh well you won't get them used on big bad toy store if you get them for sale on big bad toy store or if you get them used on ebay and stuff they're pretty cheap some of them actually you can get like the, the four turtles and like the, the the first few waves you can get those for like probably like 30 bucks now a, a pop uh so yeah i would say just collect the super seven line honestly and uh you could probably get them loose for like 20 bucks, honestly. So yeah, I would say modern is the one to collect over vintage for modern collectors. That's my final cons consensus. I think the vintage toy line is a better toy line for what it is in just about every feasible way. Uh, but I would say the modern ones are more worth collecting in this day and age. So, of course, I never have a straightforward answer of just this is the winner, this is the loser. They're both kind of winners in their own way. But that's the way I look at it. So, uh, again, sorry this episode is going to be way shorter than any other ones. Uh, I don't have as much to talk about. about. Again, I, there's probably Turtles news that's come out that I've not heard or forgot about i've been i guess kind of like not down i'm not depressed or anything but just a little like bummed out that halloween's over halloween's a big deal for me and first week in november is always rough uh every year it's always like kind of depressing that you know i'm gonna have to wait a whole other 365 days for halloween again um i just love the month of october it's always sad when october is over uh November kind of sucks until Thanksgiving comes along. But yeah, I haven't been as on top of turtle stuff. And then in October, you know, I was watching so many horror movies and stuff and just doing all that. And I ended up not really doing much for Halloween on my YouTube channel. I did that one Stephen King video and that was it. I didn't put up any of the other videos that I thought I was going to make. I didn't make any of them. Uh, I just, I've been too busy with other stuff in my life. Uh, I just haven't had time to make videos really, but I'll be doing the podcast uh, for the next several episodes just as myself. Uh, I don't know exactly how long it'll be before Eric comes back, but uh, the, I would say the next few episodes are probably just going to be me. So I'm sorry if uh, I'm not the most entertaining solo, get, uh, solo host, but uh, yeah, that does it. Uh, catch you guys next time. Peace.